time again for Doc Jacques, your Addiction Lifeguard podcast. I am Dr. Jacques de Bruchert, a psychologist, licensed professional counselor, and addiction specialist. If you are suffering from addiction, misery, trauma, whatever it is, I'm here to help. If you're in search of help, try to get your life back together. Join me here at Doc Jacques, your Addiction Lifeguard, the Addiction Recovery Podcast. to be real clear about what this podcast is intended for. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes, but not considered help. If you actually need real help and you're in need of help, please seek that out. If you're in dire need of help, you can go to your nearest emergency room or you can check into a rehab center or call a counselor like me and talk about your problems and work through them. But don't rely on a podcast to be that form of help. It's not. It's just a podcast. It's for entertainment and information only. So let's keep it in that light, all right? Have a good time, learn something, and then get the real help that you need from a professional. Definition of sobriety. That's a that's a uh, it's a good word. Sobriety, and it means something in many different languages. I guess you could translate it uh, into different languages. But the word sobriety versus abstaining or recover. I'm in recovery. I'm abstinent. I'm sober or clean. And the words that we use, they mean something, of course. And so when we try to figure out how to use the right words for the right situation, trying to trying to understand about the uh, the word sobriety, and, I, and there, uh, discussions can happen between um, people who are are trying to uh, help individuals get into uh, a state of not using sobriety, recovery, abstinence, what you know, whichever word they choose, and we start with a discussion about uh, the language and the use of the words and the selection of words. So what I wanted to review for you is the difference, the comparison, contrasting the different words that we use in recovery uh, when we're working on addiction. And so recovery, sobriety, clean, and abstinence. The best way that I could explain it is um, the difference between the, the two of those words, recovery uh, not being one of them, but abstaining and sober. Are you abstaining or sober? Well, they, they're two different things because abstinence really is an action. That's a, that's, a, that's a word that describes an action. I'm abstaining, so I'm not using. It's kind of a, a, an opposite of a verb, right? I'm going to actively do nothing. So abstaining is an action. Sobriety is something else. All right, so then if we try to compare sobriety with recovery. Recovery, you are recovered. You're, you've returned to, right? You've, you've recovered what you lost. Sobriety, well, I mean, were you sober before you were an addict? Uh, no, because you weren't an addict yet, right? So are you, in essence, recovering your sobriety? No, unless you were attempting over and over again to get 
sober and you keep losing it, okay, then you could say you're in recovery. That makes sense. But if you've never been in recovery, you've never been abstinent, you've never been sober, how do you recover what you have never had in the first place? So those two don't quite work together either, do they? So now we're just talking about sobriety and uh, clean. And clean is the word we use when it's drugs, but sober is what we use when it's alcohol. So I'm just going to stick with sober, okay? So if you want to substitute um, sobriety and clean, sober and clean, you can do that. But I'm going to use the word sober just for the sake of this podcast. So if you're sober, sober is a state of being. I see it as a way of being rather than a non-action. A sober a sober person has, um, sometimes we'll describe somebody as being very sober, implying that they are very even keeled. They're very serious, um, sobering thoughts, right? Opposite of crazy, perhaps in that way. So if you're sober, you're the opposite of crazy. But in the context of addiction, sober would imply that you're not using. And I think uh, back in the day, let's say in the 30s, 40s, 50s, if somebody was sober, they were just simply saying they hadn't been drinking. And I think that the uh, the use of, of drugs and alcohol, um, and alcohol in particular, was so normalized in society that um, when you said he's sober, you, you just meant he wasn't drinking. So if you're of a certain age, over the age of, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, you would refer to uh, being sober as just abstinence. They, they didn't use the word abstinence, um, really. They used sober. Are you sober today? Yes, I am. Uh, meaning you haven't been drinking. So that doesn't quite fit with today's language. So if we use the word sober, um, to me, that means that there's a purity of mind, of spirit. of uh, your, It's, a, it's a, a spiritual change. It's an emotional change. It's not the lack of an action of bending your elbow or snorting something or the opposite of that. It's actually a mindset change. It's a, it's a spiritual change. So I always think of uh, abstinence as being a head game and sober being a heart game. So sobriety is from the heart and abstinence is from the head. Anybody can be abstinent. You, you have to be at some place and you can't be drinking or high, so then you don't use that day. So you are, in essence, then abstinent. But that doesn't mean that you're sober. So they're not interchangeable. Being in recovery, we're going to come back to that in, in a few minutes, but I just wanted to, to clarify that. I, just being sober, um, in the old language, would be abstinence abstinence is not sobriety abstinence is simply not using so what i prefer when i'm talking to people who have addiction issues is the correct usage of the words and i will correct people into what i'm thinking and this is based on my experience and my education my training i would correct i would rather correct somebody and try to get them to use what i believe is the correct usage of the language based on ideas and I'll explain it to them as to why there needs to perhaps be a change and it's really interesting I've never really had anybody argue an opposite point and say well that's that's not correct you 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 shouldn't 
make abstinence something that it's not. And I, and I don't do that. I, you know, so there's never really a, a debate discussion going on. Rather, it's an understanding of um, the terminology. So I use sobriety, meaning a place that you are going to reach, a, a way of being that you're going to reach that's a spiritual cleansing, uh, it's a healing and for me as a Christian, it's a, it's a godly thing. Um, that's, I, I think that that's a gift that you get after all that work to get there. Um, so sobriety is something that happens after years of attempt of abstaining and trying to change your mind, your body, your spirit, your emotion into sobriety from abstinence into sobriety. Now, recovery is, is an interesting word to debate because the word recover, as I said previously, would imply that somehow you're, re, you're getting back something that you lost. So it's retrieving it, recovering it, it's getting it again. I had, uh, have had over the last two or three weeks discussions with multiple people, m multiple clients about, so the use of recovery um, really is something that they don't use very much. And it's, <laughs> I suppose it's because there's a bit of shame attached to it. Uh, we we will um, kind of weaponize that word, recovery. It seems kind of, I'm in recovery, you know. Uh, I'm I'm not using, uh, I'm not drinking. No thanks, you know. It's like I'm in recovery, is automatically self-labeling, self-shaming. They think. That's how they kind of view it. So that's that's a word that maybe perhaps is reserved for um, working within the community, the recovery community, and saying, oh, I'm in recovery. Um, so how and when do you use the words that you use? And why do you use them? The word sobriety, I'm sober, is a place that you get to when you have finally reached the point where drugs and alcohol are no longer in the forefront of your brain. They're not affecting you. You can, you can perhaps even be around them and not use them, and you're fine. It's peaceful. And I've said that before, like the opposite of, of uh, being an addict is being peaceful. So if you're sober, based on that, it's because you're peaceful. And being peaceful allows you to experience that lack of usage, the clarity of mind and heart and spirit, um, in a way that's very different. So two years in on working on recovery, if you've been abstaining for that time or for majority of the time, you might have an accident here or there, but, uh, but, but abstaining during that time allows you the opportunity to really understand and experience being sober. And I think that the, um, the telling sign of that is when I have people that will come and uh, they, they come to my office and they've been struggling for a while. They've been working for a while trying to get to that point of being sober. And they realize how difficult it is and how much of a challenge it is to try to get there. And I will describe to them what it's like if they continue going to um, meetings. In the 12-step program, people will um, engage in... Uh, the giving of a of chips, right? And if you're not familiar with AA or NA, give chips or key fobs. 
um, in a in NA they do that, but in, in AA they give chips, and each chip is for a time designation. So you got a 24-hour chip, and a 30-day chip, and a six-month chip, and so on and so on. And you get to that one-year chip celebration, and it's a big deal in AA. And so um, most times, if you have a sponsor, they will they will make it a big deal because they know exactly what that big deal is all about. So you get your first like brass chip. It's usually brass. It's got a porcelain inlay and somebody will buy it for you and they give it to you or they'll give you one of theirs and you get that chip and um depending on the the meeting and the sponsor there there might be a celebration they might have a, a presenter that will come and speak they may have um I've, <laughs> I've been there where it looks like a birthday party they have a cake and they you know make a big deal about it um went to one where there were probably i don't know 150 people there that showed up for that chip celebration meeting there were two or three people that received them and each one of them uh spoke and there was a presenter that spoke as well and the sponsors spoke on behalf of the people receiving the chips so I, depending on your meeting it could be a big deal in any case you get your chip and um typically it is passed around the room and each person gets it and they pray over it and they hand it to the person next to them. So that by the time you get it back after you've received it, you've, it's been filled with the prayer and uh, you know, like the Holy spirit has been pushed into that chip and you get it back and, and it's a big deal, right? So describing that to my clients that uh, about the ceremonial part of the, the chip uh, celebration and they under it's suddenly they don't they just it's funny they just sit there and listen to it and they don't really have much of a response they don't their talkativeness their discussion points they want to bring up they don't seem to be there as it sinks into them that it's like wow okay so that's really what happens yeah that's what happens that's chip celebration that's one year because they know everybody in that room knows who's reached that point and is past that that the one year chip celebration means that you're actually probably going to make it and you can you can call yourself sober at that point it's pretty intense when they think about it the fact that um, sobriety has now just occurred to them and they realize it and the word abstinence uh, and recovery suddenly become less important and sober means something and I think perhaps when you are trying to understand your own recovery and process of working through your addiction to where you're free from your addiction, you're no longer plagued by it, that if you can focus on the idea of being sober, of being coming from the heart and, and receiving from the heart that healing, that gifting of that healing, that's when you can start to really embrace and change as a person. So perhaps the word recovery at that point, you've recovered your humanity. Um, like most of us who uh, have, be, be, we began our journey of, of addiction through harsh dis, uh, destruction and pain. And it was just a horrible experience. And uh, we reflect back on that. And we think back about those times that we were, passed out drunk or high and, and unconscious or gone into uh, an overdose and we'd been Narcan back or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough idea. It's a tough thought that that's where you are. 
and that your life started that way. And uh, for most of us, it started early. It wasn't. It didn't start um, later in life. Some sometimes later, but it started early. And you trace your roots back to your uh, addiction, back to your teenage years, usually. Um, my case it was preteen, but uh, teenage years, and and then you from there teens on to twenties and thirties and forties and fifties and sixties and seventies or whatever whether it's alcohol or drugs, and you get to that point where you realize, wow, the destruction really started early in my life. What the heck are you recovering? Well, you're recovering your humanity. You're recovering being a whole person that you never got a chance to be, perhaps. And in those cases, like mine, um, the, the chance to be a whole person is something that you get. So perhaps it was recovered from never existing. So being sober is a different thing. It is a state of being. It's a wellness of, of spirit and mind. And when we think about sobriety, we think about not usage. Um, we think about the recovery from the traumas that got us to our addictions. And we think about the ways that we can keep that sobriety. So it's living a whole life, living a whole different life. And being forgiving and caring of yourself and other people, being peaceful. And when you want that you can have it but it's a long journey and it's a tough one frankly and sometimes it is one that is traveled where there are many accidents and failures along the way I, the the amount of time that it takes for somebody to get sober from alcohol for example just the national kind of averages that we see it's about five years of ongoing attempts at various things in recovery you're working on recovery for about five years for one year of uh, sobriety kind of a daunting task if you look at those numbers for um, opiate drugs it's uh, much worse the national average in the United States for completions of residential treatment before you actually get clean from opiate drugs is six times and that's the top of the bell curve. So if you're at the top of the bell curve, that's the median. That's the average. Six times. Now, there are some outliers that some of them went once. I met somebody who had gone through, I don't know, 12, 15 times more um, with opiate drugs. Yeah, there's those, but the national average. But so, you know, six times. That's six times of 30, 60, 90, 120-day programs in residential where you are, there's a barrier between you and your drug of choice. And you get out and you go back. So you many times it's because there has not been that, that head part of it, right? It's, it's just, it's the head. And you can't get there using just your head. You have to open your heart and heal. So working on it, you know, it's, it's a, it's a journey. And it's a long one, but it's not quick and it's not going to happen overnight. And that's called magical thinking when you think that. And it's also something that you can't do by yourself. You will not do it by yourself. You have to have people with you doing it. So as we move our way through the adventure of recovery, we have to move with our hearts, not our heads. Our heads probably actively get us that direction. But the work of actually getting there is through our hearts. And 
when you're working on recovery, make sure that you pay attention to that. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this somewhat shorter version of the uh, Doc Shock, Your Addiction Lifeguard podcast. Uh, and if you are in need of help, go get that help. You don't have to be suffering and slogging around in the misery of addiction. Go to rehab, go to a meeting, talk to a counselor, but get the help that you need and get sane, stable, and sober. Remember, it's not worth ending your life to save your addiction. That's crazy, man. What are you doing? So go get the help right when you need it. It's really going to make your life so much better. Your relationships and everything else. So until the next episode, this is Doc Shock, your addiction lifeguard, saying, see ya.